Welcome to the Pay Yourself First podcast. My name is Chris Jolly, and I'm on a mission to financially empower millions of entrepreneurs. I want you to make and keep more money so that you can begin implementing and turbocharging a plan for creating financial freedom your way during the life cycle of your current business without spending a ton of time or becoming a professional investor. You see, most of the financial teachings out there are made for employees, not entrepreneurs. If you wouldn't listen to someone who doesn't have kids about parenting, why take business financial advice from someone without a business? Are you ready to break free of bad advice and follow the trail of other uncommon entrepreneurs so you can get from where you are now to the lifestyle you were aiming to create when you started your business? Then stick around. Here comes another episode of Pay Yourself First, where the only investment we offer is the one you make in yourself. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm very excited to be with you again today because I've got another amazing guest. Her name is Audra Carpenter, and she is from St. Petersburg, Florida. Her company is Zindo and Company. Audra, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited for this conversation. Absolutely. I love that you could take some time out of your day to jump on. I know you're going to have a lot of valuable insights for the audience. I'm looking really forward to the conversation as well. I'm sure we're going to get into some great stuff. Before we do that, can you tell everybody a little bit more about what it is that you do in your business, who you serve, and how you got into all of this? Absolutely. First, I'm so excited to be able to continue talking about the importance of small businesses and marketing and how it all kinds of fits, how it fits together. I've been an entrepreneur probably since my 30s. You guys don't know, but I'm in my 50s now. It's been an exciting journey. Started out my journey with coffee shops in California that did that for a while, then moved to the East Coast and got into real estate and opened up a title company and did that for about 10 years. Very exciting times. We were printing money back then. It was such a great time. And 08 happened, 09 happened. I was still doing okay. A lot of my customers had been set back with what all that was going on, but I just didn't like the industry anymore. You know, there's blame on both sides of that equation financially and where the whole real estate market went. And I just, I'm at that place where I know how to make money. So the industry is no longer relevant. And I thought I need to find something else that I'm truly passionate about that I can give and serve and show up how I want to without what was going on in that industry at the time. So somebody introduced me or invited me to a Dan Kennedy event. It was one of their Glazer Kennedy insider type events and went to the seminar and sat in the room and thought, oh my gosh, look at where we're going. So this is 2009. So it was really just becoming a new industry in itself. And it had been out before that, but that was my first exposure to it. That kind of set me on a path of, I can figure this out. This is a great pivot for me where I'm no longer tied to a desk and you know, working the hours that I had to work. Now, don't get me wrong. I made ridiculous money being in that space. And real estate will always bounce back. Like I said, it just wasn't the energy around it just wasn't suitable for me at the time. So started with social media and started building out profiles for customers. It was a tough sell back then because people just didn't believe that social media was going to be a thing. So went from that. And I very quickly realized I was creating these great social media profiles and, and content, driving them back to a website that was not ready yet. 
So no opt-ins, no call to actions, very brochure type sites. And then people would come back and say, well, social media doesn't work. See, it's just a hoax. It's just BS. And I quickly had to learn how to fix websites. Fast forward 10 years, 14 years, I have done everything across the board from in the marketing business building space. You can do a lot in that many years. And I've been fortunate. I've worked with some amazing companies, some ridiculous clients, lots of startups to Fortune 500 companies, and have been truly blessed by the opportunity that I've had. So it's been a great journey. So if that all, I've helped everybody. So my audience now is super focused on that beginner to middle stage. If you're over probably two and a half to five million, I don't know that I can do a lot more other than help you find some money within your business. But I really like being able to get those guys to their first dollar, their first hundred thousand, their first million. And that's really where I can serve well. Wow, there's so much in what you just said that I want to touch on, but I want to talk first about actually one of the last things that you just said, because it's something that I love to help entrepreneurs do when I work with them. And that's what you said about finding more money in their business, because so many business owners are thinking, where can I go get new customers? Or what can I do to get more sales or whatever the case? And they forget that the quickest way to get more money is to deal with the customers you already have to optimize what you're already doing in your business. And sometimes that's the difference between maybe going out of business and getting into profitability are just some of those little tweaks. What are some of the, the most effective ways that you found that businesses can start generating more revenue right away or save money or whatever it may be? Sure. So typically, if you're in revenue and maybe you've plateaued or maybe you're struggling to expand in the market that you're at, I will always go in when I'm consulting. I will take your P&L and we will sit down and we will go through things step by step. Now, because I'm more of a generalist or what you call a team marketer, I can look at all the different things and see where opportunity lies. Maybe you've not optimized your email campaigns. Maybe you're using the wrong software and you're paying for something that you're only using a tenth of the features, which you could cut your cost in half if you moved over to a platform that was cohesive with what you're trying to build. A lot of times it's saving money in tech, overusing tools that you're never going to take advantage of, or it could be you're hosting the wrong place or you're streaming the wrong place. So lots of it is looking at that. And then the next step would be looking at your staff. How are you utilizing them? Are they, are you using them to their maximum capacity? Can you train them more, give them access to different kinds of resources so they become a better employee for you? You're already paying them to be there. So why not give them the best set of tools you can to make sure they're producing at top skill for your company? So I'll start with that kind of stuff. And then it expands from there, depending on where, how the customer shows up or how the client needs help. Makes sense. Love it. Now, you've done just about every entrepreneurial task out there in your time as an agency. What's your least favorite one? Oh, what's my least favorite one? I would say my most challenging one is probably writing blog content. I don't love it. I can do it. And especially with AI, you know, it just completely changes the situation for everybody. But I've built probably over 500 websites myself. 
Websites are easy now, especially with all the tools that we've got. Social media is super easy. I don't think there's anything that I don't like, a strategy I love. So it's probably like a really enjoy to, eh, I could take it or leave it kind of stuff. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Very cool. Now, as I said, uh, you've been using the agency model for a long time, but we were talking a little bit before the interview that you're shifting away from that towards the marketplace. So tell everybody out there what that shift looks like and why you've made it. Okay. How would I even start? It's been a evolution. I feel like I've been working on this like my whole life. Like it's a culmination of every single job and business that I've owned, like my ta-da arriving. But in 2017, I started, I don't know if I burnt out or I was just getting bored. Entrepreneurs after so many years, we started, okay, now I'm just doing this rinse and repeat thing. How many more bosses do I have to help? How many more people do I get from 10 million to 20 million? It felt very, just very monotonous. And so I started assessing where I was, what do I really love about the agency side of it and what I don't care about doing anymore. And I started volunteering because I felt like I needed to get back to the startup people. It's like I was working with a lot of higher end and they're not as passionate about it as smaller businesses are. And they still are about purpose and mission and doing all these great things. So I started volunteering with an organization called score.org. Are you familiar with them? Okay. Yeah. My grandfather used to uh, volunteer with them. Nice. Nice. So we have one here locally and I just started mentoring different kinds of startups. And what I found was I really loved consulting with them at that level. But then I also realized sadly that nine out of 10 of those businesses will never go anywhere. And the reason they won't is because they're not going to figure out the marketing period. They had the drive. They had a great product. It wasn't about this brilliant idea they came up with. They wouldn't figure out the rest of the stuff because I've, this is my fourth business that I've started from scratch and turned them all into multi-million dollar businesses. It's hard and it takes a lot. And I think that's what sent me on this mission of, I need to do something different. I've acquired all these skills for some reason. So I started teaching courses and lots of workshops and lots of mentoring. And we know this, the patterns are the same. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get to $1, $100,000 or $10 million, marketing is still marketing. And I was like, I could probably automate 80% of this for people because I've done these systems for so many different clients. Yes, we'll swap out a tool or yes, we'll swap out a marketing campaign strategy, but it's still at the foundation. It's all the same. So that kind of led me down a path of creating a membership site. I thought I'm going to gather all this information together, put it into one place. So as I start to talk about the membership site, I'm pulling all this stuff together. People say, but we need a website first before we start marketing. Now you and I both know that's wrong because you need to go build a community before you spend any money building a website, but people still believe that. So I thought, okay, I already host people's websites, all my client stuff. I'll just open it up to the public and I'll host people's websites. So as I started down that path, I was like, I just need to build each one of the pieces that a business goes through. So this is what is now called the Zendo and Company Marketplace. And if you think of a mall that I'm building, I've built out each one of the anchor stores. So I have WordPress hosting, then we do tech support where we manage people's sites for them. So they need some backend support, but they can't afford an IT person yet. Our plans are much more affordable. Then I've got a training site, then I've got a freelance site. So the goal is this mall 
you'll have an information desk that you'll be able to walk up to and you'll be able to say, hey, Audra, this is where I'm at in my business. What do I do next? And I will be able to direct you to whichever resource you're going to need to move to what's next. Are you in the growing stage? Are you in the launching stage? And be able to give you a more direct route to succeed because people either run out of money or they run out of passion to be able to keep pushing when the money runs out. So I'm trying to shorten that and organize the space of entrepreneurship. It's big. It's been hard. It has definitely challenged me, even with as much knowledge and experience as I have. It's been hard, but the challenges are not, do I continue this or not continue this? The challenge is, what do I do next to get it further? I've not once thought about quitting, not once. So I think it's getting to that place when you do own a small business that my options are not go get a job or get a job or keep agency clients or don't keep agency clients. This is the path and this is the only path. How Whatever I have to do on the outside to keep that going is irrelevant. It's just to feed what I've already built. Yeah, I absolutely love that. One, the new destination or the new direction that you're taking. And two, that second point, when you're an entrepreneur at heart, there is no other option. You just figure mm -hmm. it out. And if you fail 50 mm -hmm. times, you try 51 until you get it figured out. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. So what is the one thing that you, or the one reason you said that businesses, the thing is they run out of cash. Is it mm -hmm. because they don't know how to handle their cash flow? Is it because they don't have capital reserves or what would you say it most often is the cause of that? I would say buying the, the wrong things at the wrong time. So if you think about the stages that a business goes through, for me, I've broken it down into six different stages. You have your idea, your upstart, you have your launch, you have your growth, your scale, your automate, and then your impact. So we go through those stages and there's a few different variations of that out there, but a lot of people focus on the wrong things at the wrong time. So they're just getting started. They haven't launched yet. They go online and they spend $3,000 on a program or $5,000 on a coaching program. And I think if they would have held on to that money and focused on what do I need to do in this stage to move me to the next stage? Now, there's not a lot of talk out there about stages, so people don't know. They go out and they hire a coach thinking they're going to, the coach is going to solve it. They're going to displace their imposter syndrome. They're going to displace their fear and hope that the coach is going to take all the responsibility because the coach has been successful. So they'll do it for me. I just need to bring my product. So many, I can't even tell you how many horror stories I have. It doesn't work. Or some people it does. I shouldn't say it doesn't work. For many, it can work. But what happens is they try to go from kindergarten to algebra and there's no backfill of that knowledge. So even if they can keep up with what the coach is sharing with them, they've not built anything solid underneath that bill, that business to sustain them. So they would be better off to hold on to those funds and we all talk about speed and fail fast and get through it. But at that beginning there, until you've got an audience and you validated your product and you're act somebody's actually paying you for it, it's a waste. For, as far as I'm concerned, it's unnecessary spend when you're not there. You're not there yet. You shouldn't be spending that. 
Makes sense and great advice. Okay, Audra, I want to ask you a little bit more specifically about where you are in your business. So let's talk about the biggest financial kind of kink in your business. So imagine that your business is a hose and the money that comes into it is like the water flowing through the hose. Hoses often can get kinked over themselves, which kind of cuts that flow off. So what is the biggest kink in your business right now that's slowing down the flow of cash into it? I would say balancing between moving out of agency services and getting revenue coming into the marketplace. So an example would be, I could go out and pick up an agency client for $25,000. But if I pick up that agency client, it takes me off my focus of what I'm trying to do with the marketplace. Now there's one caveat there. Typically what you would do is take that 25,000, pay your people on the other side and get the product to market fast. What I've done as I've built Zendo and company, I decided to do it the way a startup would do it. What I'm trying to do is use my own businesses as a case study to say in 2023, this is how I built it. I didn't go out and buy ads. I didn't use all my advanced skills to scale this business. I did it just like you sitting there with a brand new idea. Because I can't prove that model if I don't do it the same way that somebody else would have to do With that said, I would say the biggest is, do I stay working with all the agency clients, which takes me away from building that? And anybody, the equation's the same, job person versus side hustle. I'm balancing the two of those. So I'll take on a couple clients, refill the the coffers, spend funds as I need them without putting myself in any challenge, but I'm still trying to keep it realistic putting a a hundred thousand or a half a million into the business isn't the same because that doesn't show that anybody could start a business today. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely. I, I got it. Okay. Now I want you to imagine that you've got a magic wand and you can wave this magic wand and you can have any outcome you want in your business by the end of the year. What is that one outcome that you're looking for? By the end of the year. So that's about six months from now. I would say controlled growth, right? So I would say 10,000 paying members across each one of my platforms. That's an amazing goal. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to be, yes, you said I could wish anything, but I also want to be realistic and make sure that I can serve the people that do come in. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing worse than setting those pie in the sky goals that you'll never achieve or take any action on because it's too ridiculous to do in the time frame. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Now, can you tell me a little bit about what financial freedom looks like to you? So I want you to imagine that you're at a point in the future where the business can run totally without you. You're making all the money that you need to fund the lifestyle of your dreams. How are you spending your time? So I'm not working anymore? You are working if you want to, but you're not working because you need the money. You're working because it's what you want to do. Okay. Because part of, because I do like to work. I'm one of those weird ones that say, what do you do on your time off? I'm learning. I'm working. I'm when I'm not working in my business, I'm still working. I'm still learning new skills and advancing new things. That's just how I'm wired. Okay. So what does financial freedom look like? So The next phase of Zendo and Company is a OTT where I've got an actual TV station here, internet TV station here in 
locally where I'm at in Florida, where I can have shows for entrepreneurs training and all different kinds of things. That's a place where I feel like, okay, I got here. Then I can check out as I want to, but until I get there, it's not just about money. It's got to be about, I think even if I had a hundred million saved, I still want to see this through. Yeah, that so, makes sense. I, I think yeah. that's the, the way for most entrepreneurs. What's important to them is helping people and having impact. And so even when they get to the point where they don't have to work, they still do what they do because they love to do it. Right. And at this stage, it's legacy, right? It's building legacy. Yeah. Okay. So now as you work towards financial freedom yourself, what have you found the most effective things to do for wealth building? Meaning like how I diversify my funds? How just how have you worked to build your own wealth? What have you found worked for you as you oh, okay. grow towards financial freedom? Okay. Typically a big chunk of the funds that I generate are through my business. That's been the way real estate, investment properties, played with crypto for a while. And that was fun, but still made some money there. I'm always open to looking at different kinds of opportunities. I've set up some stuff for my kids and my grandkids. So of course, there's been some investing done there. But I think mainly my businesses, I've invested in a couple of other people's businesses and do look forward to doing some more angel investing down the road. And then real estate has really just been the other vehicle. Gotcha. And as you invest, do you have like a written plan that you follow or how do you decide what capital to allocate and when and where? When my accountant tells me, hey, Audrey, we, you got to move some money here. Or don't do that. Or we need to. So typically I just follow. He doesn't necessarily give me investment advice, but he'll give me feedback based on how much revenue I'm generating for that year. And then we'll set up a plan to move forward with it. Gotcha. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Now, Audra, before I let you go, do you have any parting words or a piece of advice for all the other entrepreneurs out there? Especially when it comes to money, I know a lot of people starting up, if you're under, say, a quarter million a year in your business, you can save so much money by just slowing down for a second, stop trying to follow the latest trend or the hottest tool and get back to the basics. You need a platform that'll send your emails. You need a platform that'll host your website. It's very simple stuff out there and there's no point in overspending especially here at the beginning for tools and resources you don't need. I could probably launch a full business with branding, websites, everything under a hundred bucks. So please slow down for a second and just say, okay, what does my business need in the back end? And the reason why it's, this is so important to do is when you're not utilizing the features of those tools, you're wasting money that you could be using buying Facebook ads or hiring some a VA to create content for you or some kind of outbound reach that'll actually generate you more money than using tools that you're overpaying for and not utilizing the features for. So maybe just slow down for a few minutes and take an assessment. Is this tool the right one for us? Do we need it? You can always change. There's nothing that keeps you in it. Most of them, especially when it comes to like email and hosting, things like that, it's very simple to move them as your business grows. But there's no point in just throwing money away for features that you may use down the road. 
Yeah, that's great advice. I think we've definitely all made some of those mistakes before on our entrepreneurial journeys. I know I've definitely rushed in and been like, hey, we need to spend a bunch of money on a photo shoot or let's go get this fancy tool. And then you look back and you're like, oh, that didn't generate any revenue. It cost a bunch of money and it didn't really change anything. I'll give you one quick example. I went in to consult with a very prominent online school doing about 22 million a year. I go through all their systems. They were paying $25,000 a month for hosting. Just they didn't have anybody in house that knew any better. Yeah. And five years ago or so when this was, you we pay for capacity. I moved them over to Amazon's AWS for $1,700 a month. So it's just silly things like that, that they were making plenty. Again, they were at 22 million. So sure. 25 grand seemed like nothing, but in the, but there was no need for it. So pay attention to that kind of stuff. You can actually recoup a lot of that for, and you can use it for marketing. Awesome. All right, Audra, I love it. Now for anybody who wants to find out more about you and what you do, where's the best place for them to go? Feel free to come and check out Z-I-N-D-O-L-A-B-S.com. That's the training site, the community. You can join for free. If not, I'm at Otter Carpenter on all the social channels. Okay, very cool. It's been absolutely amazing. You've shared so much wonderful insight for the audience. I've had a blast talking to you. So uh, thank you again for taking the time out of your day. I've really enjoyed having you on the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me here. It's been great. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure to everybody out there. If it's been great for you as well on this episode, please go ahead and subscribe if you haven't done that yet and leave us one of those five-star reviews. It helps us a ton to get the word out to other entrepreneurs. Finally, if you're an entrepreneur yourself, like our amazing guest, Audra, and you want to come share your business journey and talk shop with me, we would love to have you on. You can go to pyfpodcast.com for that. That's the letters pyfpodcast.com. And we'd love to chat. See you next time. Audra, thanks again. If you've listened this far, chances are you're an entrepreneur looking to become more financially literate and create financial freedom for yourself from your business. The Pay Yourself First podcast is definitely here to help with that. My goal is to continue to share what I've learned about using your business as the tool to create financial freedom. But let's face it, it would take me years to share with you everything you need to know via these episodes. Creating financial freedom is something that most people never even consider, let alone make a plan for or take action towards. It's something almost no one was taught anything about. Doing it as an entrepreneur is even more challenging, especially without support. So if you're ready to get clear on what financial freedom looks like for you, come up with an action plan and get the support systems and accountability you need, I invite you to consider the Abundantly Infinite Entrepreneur. I created the program to help entrepreneurs just like you get a handle on their personal and business finances and start building confidently towards financial freedom. And it's how you can discover ways to take 10 years off your retirement, add an extra five or six figures to your portfolio, and finally get clear on what numbers you should be tracking in your business and why. Together, we'll gain clarity around your financial goals and what being financially free would actually look like for you. Then we'll put together a customized game plan to get you there and the accountability to see you through. And by the way, you're also going to get all the spreadsheets you need to run your numbers, lifetime access to the materials, including any updates, and entry into our members-only community. In addition to all the knowledge, coaching, community, and systems that you need to create financial freedom from your business, 
You'll also receive a free financial assessment, a retirement planning session, and guided meditation aimed at helping you embody the feeling of true financial freedom. So yeah, you can just listen to the free content on these podcasts to help you move towards becoming a financially free entrepreneur. And sure, you'll likely see some results, or you can make the decision to commit to learning, implementing, and embodying what you need to know to create the financially free life you dreamed of when you started your business journey. Click the link in the show notes to answer a quick questionnaire, and you'll be on your way to joining the Abundantly Infinite Entrepreneur.